Hi, everybody. It's Richard Zwick here at the Green Peak. And joining us today, we have Len Tenenbaum, who's the Chief Executive Officer of um, AFC Gamma, which is a uh, public company based out of Florida, specialized in institutional loans to high-quality cannabis companies right across the U.S. Welcome aboard, Len. Hey, thank you for having me. So, Len, um, you're, you're down in West Palm Beach. You're focused on the industry nationwide. And, you know, one of the first things I noticed when I was uh, looking across your site and uh, looking through the information is you say you focus on high quality cannabis operations to provide loans. Define those because a lot of people say they've got a quality operation. What do you look for as a high quality one? That's true. Every, everybody thinks they're, they have a high quality operation. And by the way, they might. Um, when we think about quality, we secure our loans by three basic pillars, cash flows, licenses, and real estate. And so, you know, if you have a really good quality operation in California, we're not, we're not going to lend to that entity because California is an unlimited license state, currently having a lot of issues, obviously. But if you have a, a license or get one of the new 72 licenses in Ohio, you know, we really like the state of Ohio. It's a good limited license state with good firm pricing, um, really good customer base and growing medical customer base. So we're really focused on quality operators uh, in, in limited license states. Now, you don't have to have cash flow yet, but you got to have a, one of the really good licenses and you have to have enough equity to support that before we give you debt. And so, and you have to own, in, to do that vehicle, you'd have to own your real estate. We have another vehicle that, uh, that invests in the non-real estate deals, but AFCG is a mortgage rate. Uh, we invest in deals with all three pillars. And so, yes, everybody thinks they're quality. We have a very good sense of what indoor, outdoor, greenhouse grows are. And uh, we're, we're pretty good at determining who is going to win and who's not going to win. Sure. I mean, I mean, it's important to have the foresight to understand who is and who isn't going to be standing in five years and 10 years. Um, you know, beyond the, you know, owning the real estate asset, you mentioned, you know, you can differentiate it indoor and outdoor. What are the factors? Because obviously, you know, companies are going to listen to this. And people are, not companies. People will listen to this on, and call you on behalf of their companies. And it's good for them to understand how to approach you and what to bring forward and, you know, to shorten your time as well, because there's a lot of lenders out there, but there's only, there's only a few that are right match for every business. And actually there aren't a, a lot of institutional lenders and there's only two uh, of any size listed on NASDAQ. And so hmm. we were the first public. You're right. There's not a lot there, yeah. but there are, there are a lot of companies which do uh, do lending across the space for various reasons. For sure. And there are a bunch of banks, even in the industry, too, that that are reaching into the industry in, in smaller check sizes, mid check sizes, uh, usually lending against real estate. So how do you want to think about it as your company? Well, if you're if you're a really small company, we, we really don't do deals much smaller than 15 or 20 million. Um, right. But if you're a really small company, I would go to your local bank. I would see if they're willing to lend to cannabis. I would go to your high net worth individuals. You know that there's uh, you can go to some of the smaller lenders, uh, but it really takes a lot to take our for us to give you money in that we have to do know your customer or KYC process. Yep. We have to do background searches. We have to make sure anti money laundering procedures because we're a registered investment advisor and public company. We, we have a lot of process that we're going to need to do to lend you that money. That's somewhat costly. So better for you to go to some of the smaller lenders that may be less costly and better to fit you. As you sort of cross that 10 to $20 million loan, maybe you have some positive cash flow and or a license or two in a, in a, good st in a state where it's limited licenses, yep. um, 
You know, I think that there, 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 you have more options and you can go to one of the public company lenders, you can go to a BDC lender or business development company. Um, but, but there's really not a lot of options. If you get really big, like Verano, we loan 100 million to Verano, we loan 100 million to Acreage, we loan uh, our, our top four companies right. are all in excess of $50 million loans. And so we have right. a $400 million of assets. That's really where we're focused, but we're trying to help. I really like helping people. We're helping some of the smaller guys that we did $15 million loans for. I just did a second one for 25, teaming them up with a social equity group in Missouri, which I actually think the combination is amazing. And uh, they're going to do great. And I put together the transaction and we get to we get the benefit of financing it. I mean, that, that's that's our reward is help for helping other people as we often get to finance them and we get to, you know, make more friends. Of course. And we all need good friends. <laughs> no, you know, um, it's interesting. You said, you, I think your, your starting point is around $15 million, you said? Yeah. For, for us to really, for the, it to make sense, let's do yep. it that way. Yep. For it to make sense to borrow from us, you really you should have a capital need of at least $15 million from the debt side and have put an equity in, have, be, have positive cash flow or be able to raise equity. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cause I was, we were chatting with um, Lonnie Talbert from Southwest Capital Bank a couple of months ago or a month and a half ago. And, you know, they go through, obviously they do loans of all sorts of sizes. They're not at the, uh, looking at the scale you are, um, they're targeting different areas of the market, but their compliance process being a, a traditional bank is extremely strong. It looks like you're orienting yourselves that way as well as very heavy into the compliance side. Well, we, you need to be in order to yep. lend legally in the country, you have to follow a lot of the FinCEN regulations and, yep. and we, and we do. Um, but you know, that we do it while accessing the capital from individual investors uh, and, and shareholders. And we, and we, we benefit them. We, our dividend yields over 10%. You know, we have a increasing dividend each quarter, I own 17 percent of the of the public stock which I bought, uh, and uh, you know we, we do it. So therefore, we're pretty careful about being both diversified, uh, being relatively risk averse, and, yep. and and a lot of the smaller companies, unfortunately, look the rewards could be amazing, but they could, they're really higher risk opportunities. That's why we really do focus most of the dollars on the bigger companies. Well, and, and the smaller ones that are you know others are dealing with also are still getting through the hurdles of a lot of the disclosure related issues, both in terms of they're never having been through it, but also, you know, they're, they have antipathy towards disclosing too much information about themselves because of their framework and idea that if they disclose something, there's fear, right? There's, there's a competitor is going to know something. And whereas reality, we yeah. all have competitors and we all know how to do things. Absolutely. But I, I hear you. And unfortunately this, because cannabis is still a little bit of the wild west, uh, you know, individuals that have had their disclosures have had their checking accounts canceled. It's horrible. And, and, it is um, horrible. and, and that hopefully will stop with some legislation this year. But uh, uh, I, I hear these stories and I'm, I'm like, well, that's just stupid. Yeah. And, you know, people have been talking. Legislation was actually where I want to go. Anyhow, is people have been talking about, of course, safe banking for years. And then legalization. And they really are two, they're, they're going to be very different opportunities, but also challenges for the industry. What, let's start with safe, safe banking. What do you see happening over the next 12 months? Uh, 
So that's a really detailed one. Let's actually reverse and start with legalization because legalization okay. isn't going to happen. Absolutely. So, whole, <laughs> so we'll do the easy one first, which is it's just not going to happen. Anybody who says it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. I've been saying this for years. Nobody seems, you know, everybody seems to get all excited when Nancy Mace in, uh, introduces a bill or where somebody else introduces a bill. And it's 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 not going to happen. But let's go. Let's, there's a variety of reasons. Now, when why. you say it's not going to happen, do you mean in the next two years, the next 10 years in let's your lifetime? It, let's call it. No, it'll happen in my lifetime, hopefully, if I live long enough. But let's call it five. <laughs> I'm, I'm only 50. Right. I'm only 50. So I have, hopefully I have a few years left. Um, never know, you know, no, we never do. You know, it's, (laughs) we really don't in this world. All right. So, so, but let's talk about safe act because I think that I, I, well, let's come, let's, uh, let's stop on that for a quick break and come back onto safe back banking act after because legalization and safe banking are really big topics. Um, you've cut one of them really short. Let's come more into detail on safe banking when we come back from a break. We'll be back in a moment with Len Tannenbaum from AFC Gamma. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with Len Tannenbaum from AFC Gamma. And Len, just before the break, you know, we chatted briefly about legalization and you, you look at it as being five years out. And I will come back to something about that after, but safe banking, you said that's going to be a much more hairy proposition for the industry and it's coming. What are you afraid of? What do you think your the customers you're, or potential customers you're speaking to are and should be afraid of? And what do you think are really, what's really exciting about it as well for you? Of course, the customers, it's easier. So let me make some forecasts on, and uh, one of the institutional investors in this space just took a poll of 50 of us, including uh, the Cowan research that's uh, in Washington, D.C., who I think is excellent research on the ground. You know, guys, uh, the best lawyer in the industry, which is probably Eric Berlin at Denton's and a number of people, we get very good feeds of information at AFC Gamma because really what we want to do is be in the center of the industry and understand how that's going to change and be able to pivot our own. And I'm not going to dodge. I'm going to tell you how we're going to deal with it. But let's first talk about why uh, I think it's going to pass. So safe banking, just to be clear, is an act where we're not quite sure what's included. What's yep. currently what's currently included or contemplated to be included is something called the capital markets provision, which would allow the cannabis companies to be listed potentially on NASDAQ, though New York Stock Exchange says they may not get there. Uh, NASDAQ seemingly is much more open to it. Uh, and so I think if capital markets provisions comes out, then the question is whether there's another after the Safe Banking Act passes, which I do think will happen this year. Uh, there's a rulemaking period of 180 days, to, and sometimes that's extended to 360 days. So even everything I'm saying, should it pass, takes a long time to get implemented and have the rules made. 180 days would be fast. I mean, I've worked, you know, I, I worked down in Peru. It took two and a half, almost three years for the regulatory framework to come into place. Colombia, where I built a business, you know, the regulations are already five years overdue. And even though they make keeping announcements, it's like goalposts that keep moving further down a field. Europe in 2020, they changed the rules four times for even what CBD should be classified as. So regulations, 180 days would be fast. 
How about New York legalization being delayed and delayed and delayed? I mean, yeah. come on, they can't they can't get their act together, right? So they, there's a lot of moving pieces, right? I mean, I think well, it's we, hard. It's, it's hard. not just, geez, we're going to make cannabis legal. It's actually, you know, you've got how do you transport it? Well, you have to yeah. tie into all the existing transport acts. Just take that alone. It it adds time. It's it's a lot very complicated. So even if we say something's going to pass, we're not saying it's going to be fully implemented or partially implemented. But why is it going to pass? Chuck Schumer has not given the go ahead to the committee chairs to take it out of committee. So let me just all of your earlier listeners, if you hear something pass out of the U.S. House of Representatives, it is meaningless. Never get excited about anything passing from the U.S. House. It doesn't matter. It's passed nine or 10 times already. It's the Senate that matters and getting 60 votes in the Senate matters because this is not a reconciliation issue. So. We need 60 votes. You need 10 Republican votes currently to get it. You basically have them in SAFE Act. Now, there are about 15 votes in SAFE Act in the Republican side, but uh, seven of them, I'm hearing, have conditions to that. So then the, there's the question, can we get everybody you know, back and forth to get to a SAFE Act that works? So the bare bones SAFE Act, by the way, any SAFE Act is great for this industry. This industry will have more banks to deposit in, more armored car pickups. It's just- it's progress. People, it's progress. It would just be great. Safe Act with, with capital markets provision, should it come in before the election? I think it may have the capital markets provision. Schumer, supposedly after 420, he's going to launch his big act. It's not going to work because there isn't enough Senate support. He's going to pivot here. So I'm hearing Safe Act either goes along with this, with a big bill like China uh-huh. or, or it gets combined with something called the HOPE Act. And the HOPE Act has this nice social equity part to it that we're going to let people out of jail that committed a marijuana offense. It stays. We're not letting them out. We're just advocating for them and providing funds for advocate for them, which is, according to Republicans, look, you violated the law, you should stay in jail. But if you can get expunged through a normal legal process, that's okay. And so that really sort of is the middle ground of this of this social equity push. And so I think 65% 65% chance, 60% chance it passes before the election, 20% chance it passes in lame duck. And lame duck, just so the listeners sure. know, is between, you know, the election and the turnover. And the next group being sworn in. And the reason is, I think the Republicans are, I think McConnell just doesn't want to deal with this. It's a popular issue. And I think the Republicans don't want this on their slate and they don't want to deal with it. And that leads it to, you know, even he'll, he'll support it maybe in lame duck. Uh, if it goes in lame duck, though, it's a bare bones bill. If it goes in before, it's going to be more robust and both have different implications on the industry. But those implications, how do you see them falling? <laughs> that, that's, the, that's the key part. <laughs> All right. So there will be a big run in cannabis stocks. I mean, yep. I've heard people wanting to buy MSOS and this and that. Hearing the safe is going to really come out and work and waiting for that pop and Okay, fine. We know stocks, all the cannabis stocks, if the SAFE Act passes or the Senate passes it out of committee. That's remember, that's the first step. It's got to leave Senate set a subcommittee. If that happens, that means the ball's rolling. Once that happens, this can be a lot of rumors that it's going to pass and people are going to talk about it. And that's really good to get off of the Canadian stock exchange and move on to NASDAQ would be a huge uplift in, in the different cannabis stocks like Verano and others that are you know, good operators with very solid earnings, et cetera. Yep. So their stocks will go up, which they'll give them more capital, which will create more mergers and acquisitions, and ultimately will lower their cost of debt capital and equity capital, which 
then we'll create what I think is going to be the 15 winners. This is remember, this is still a farming industry. <laughs> and so it's, it's, it's going to well, have, it's, it's in, on the medical side, it's a farming industry to a pharmaceutical standard, but on the rec side, it absolutely is just a farming industry. Yeah, and, and you know, not, not to disparage it in any way. The reality is, though, you're falling into two different categories, and you know, it's like craft beer still is incredibly high standard, but it's a brewery, not just a specialized. Exactly. And so, look, Constellation Brands wins in the, mm-hmm. these fights all the time, just because they're the big BMF, right? Got people like Constellation. I'm not saying they're the best or or the only one, but there's you know, Philip Morris will come in. Yep. Uh, in, in size, Altria already, you know, they come in through these other vehicles. So I, I and, think- And they've done massive weird. research, right? They've done, they've done massive research and have a lot ready to go. They're just waiting. Absolutely. They, they, it's amazing, actually, hearing through the grapevine how much research they've done and how much work they've done on this industry. They're, they're prepared. I mean, you've seen Scott's Miracle Grow try to enter through Riv and, and others. You know, there's- they're, everybody's just waiting to pounce. And so yep. if they have the clear, as soon as that green light goes, or maybe even the yellow light, which is passing, but not the rules, people are going to see that as the all clear sign. And there's going to be a lot of consolidation. There's going to be a lot of M&A. There's going to be a, a one, one big boom. And then you're going to have a very competitive dynamic in the, in the market, which changes that in two to four years, right? So <laughs> it, it, it's going to be a roller coaster. Yeah, no, it will be. And you know, I always look at uh, Scott's Miracle Grow and everything around it, and it reminds me back to uh, Tazo teas with Starbucks. Tazo used to, uh, they used to get Tazo on the store shelves in the grocery stores because they were able to analyze that based on the number of sales and the volume of sales in a grocery store, how many Starbucks locations would be required in that area, but also who did they have to buy out. I love Tazo tea, by the way. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not complaining <laughs> about it. Um, but, you know, it's a great way to use business intelligence. And Scott's is in the same position because they're not only understand what people are consuming, but they understand, okay, what's good and not good. What's going to work and not work afterwards. And just because you buy a lot doesn't mean you're actually going to be the one who gets sold. Yeah. And from a lending standpoint, look, we, we want our customers to do really well. We want them to borrow cheaper. Mm-hmm. If the banks come into the market, as they will eventually, uh, we, don't think, we don't think the big banks will, because they're still not even in CBD. Nobody can even get around the KYC regulations in the US banks. So you don't have Wells Fargo, Bank of America, JP Morgan won't lend to CBD. Well, uh, no, I, I challenge that. In the US, absolutely. But, you know, as a well, I mean, Canadian company, but as a Canadian uh, company like Bank of America showed up up here for to, came to my office and Merrill Lynch came to my office. I, I could list off all the banks that came to my office here in Victoria, BC to pitch about going public as a two-step where we were going public into the, uh, you know, into the TSX at one point, And then we were going to do a second listing uh, down, down the States and they were all in. The reality is once they have that opportunity, I don't see them holding back. Oh, I, I guess I didn't clarify. So we don't invest at all in Canada. We're only United States uh, based. No, no. What I mean is, though, if right now they're shackled in terms of not dealing in the U.S. As soon oh. as those that's lifted, I don't see why they wouldn't compete and get involved in any one of them they could. Because the the anti money laundering and KYC procedures are so onerous uh, and dangerous, uh, especially with I don't want to name names, but you even have some Russian ownership crossing in some of the largest MSOs. Yep. which is even highlighting this even further of who's really getting even a dividend payment and whether that mm-hmm. person or entity can even get a dividend payment. So 
There, there, it's a very heightened concern in the U.S. and U.S. regulators. It's a top five concern of the SEC. So the big banks are just not going to enter the smaller, for sure, the smaller ones. Um, potentially, they'll do the bigger ones if they can get their hands around it eventually. But you will see a lot of the mid-sized banks and state-owned banks. You know, you have uh, East West Bank and Bank of California and others that are that are you know uh, more comfortable with cannabis. I would say. Yep. And 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 that's great. And so that, then that's real size banks so that, that you will see banks enter. And what we'll tell our customers is we'll just drop below the banks. So that's what we did at Fifth Street right. when I ran a five billion dollar asset manager and I did a billion dollars of loans a year. Uh-huh. We became for, went from first lien and the banks came in at cheaper rates. We'd say, OK, we'll take a second lien behind the banks. You need 20 million. The bank's willing to give you 12. We'll give you eight. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I just, you know, my point was being that I think it's going to open up in so many ways we can't even begin to forecast. And, and as an operator in the space, it creates opportunities, but it also creates a lot of challenges because it's going to become a bit more fragmented in terms of building that syndicate of lenders and financiers that's different than we had to deal with over the last couple of years. It's going to be a wild uh, roller coaster to watch over the next three to five years. I love this space because it it's, it accelerates. I was in the middle market space for 20 years, and this is seven times faster. So in three years, we I created pretty much what it took me almost 10 years to create. But also, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing how fast the industry changes and, and morphs. It's incredibly dynamic, just like you know technology was back in the early 2000s. Everything changes every week. <laughs> with that, we do have to take another short break, but we'll be back in a moment with uh, Len Tannenbaum from AFC Gamma. I'm Richard Zwicky on The Green Peak. The Green Peak will climb back into your podcast player after we play some messages from our sponsors. And we're back on The Green Peak with uh, Len Tannenbaum from AFC Gamma. And Len, you know, we've covered the Safe Banking Act. We've got some perspective on uh, where you think legalization is headed over the next little while. But there's a lot of investors in the space. And obviously, you know, family offices have gotten indirectly through various channels and some, you know, small and mid-size have invested in early stage private companies. But there's a lot of people still sitting on the sidelines who are looking to participate, but don't really know where to start. And in that case, they're really looking for a proxy who invests on their behalf, somebody who's, who understands the space and can help manage their investment to, to drive a return. What should investors look for in that form of a proxy? Your, your business being that sort, where people invest in you to invest their funds. Well, thank you. Uh, we definitely are, uh, I, think, I think, a very exciting approach if you're, if you're interested in the lower risk profile. So that it really depends on where your risk profile is. If your right. risk profile is more consistent dividends, uh, in the U.S., if you're a U.S. investor, you get a REIT discount to your taxes, which is always nice to have, or a REITs are passed through entities. Yep. Uh, you know, AFCG yields over 10%. That's great. Uh, we are a diversified portfolio of debt securities, all of them are first lien and it's diversified. And so, you know, and we pay quarterly dividends. I, I think that's one approach where, you know, our average yield to maturity is about 19%. Our IRR is much higher. So you earn a, a lot of money. We earn a lot of money doing work. You earn a lot doing. of money for your investors. But we don't have that upside of equity, nor do we expect to, right? right. If the equi- equity in cannabis can be worth zero <laughs> and equity yeah. in cannabis can be worth 10 times your money, right? It's yep. It's 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 the wild west, but you get a different risk return profile. You can 
buy a company and we're a hundred million dollar lender to Verano, but you can buy a company like Verano. It's a very big company. Uh So I, I doubt it's going to go up five X from where it already is. And I think it's more in the three to $5 billion range in terms of people said that about Microsoft a few years ago and you know, it's done well. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. You you just can't, we can't forecast. If we could, we'd all be uh, sitting on beaches owning. All right. So th- there you have it, listeners. You know, I-, I don't think it goes up three to five X in the next five years, but Richard says it's got a shot. So <laughs> everything <laughs> um, does. Yeah. But they were just reported their yeah. quarter and they what, yeah. what Toronto did. It's been really strong, the- right? Not not to be uh, facetious anyway or you know, triv- uh, flippant, but they've done they've done some very strong, they've had some very strong results. Yeah, and and one of the ones they just reported, right, was hundreds of millions of dollars of earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization. Let's call it to simplify cash flow, but it's not cash flow. But let's just call it cash flow to start. They they're one of the few companies that are generating positive net free cash flow in cannabis in the yep. U.S. And I think that's the first thing investors really need to look at: is are your companies generating real cash flow? Forget revenue. Or do they have leases that are escalating and or a cap structure that's escalating or low margin businesses inherent in them? And there's a real there's a real bifurcation, I think, of the larger companies of the ones that are generate real cash flow and not. And I think so we have to be careful about that. And if you want to take a real gamble, go to the sub $200 million category of the of the of the stocks. And then and you can make there, there, I believe you can make if you hit it right five or 10 times your money or zero. Yep. And so that's a lot harder for me to do. I would re- read some research reports out of Hayward or, or Canaccord or, or, uh, or Cowan or, uh, or a lot of the other firms that cover it or Jeffries and, and think about maybe what, what those are and how they, how they might move. Um, but if you want some very stable income, diversified strategy where I have all my own money with you. That's what FCG was built on. And right. we hope to offer our investors that type of return. Well, it's always also reassuring for people when your own money's in a business. <laughs> yeah. Right. I wouldn't do it otherwise. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've always had money in my own as well. And sometimes that's worked and sometimes, well, it hasn't, unfortunately, <laughs> but my money's been there beside everybody else. So, um, you know, and with that and, you know, on that perspective, you mentioned you, you know, you've bought up 17% of the stock. You believe heavily in what you're doing. And that that's tremendous. Um, when you look at the different companies you're loaning money to, and, you know, a lot more getting professional board, not just professional boards, but professional management who are coming in as the second or third generation. Is that a qualifier for you? Have they have they invested in the business? They haven't just come on board as a, a professional manager. Wow, that's a deep question. That's a, that's a good one. Um, and it really goes to something really people haven't talked about in our space, which is you're seeing a turnover now of the founders into professional management, yeah. which uh, is an evolutionary thing. You saw that at Verano, right? That you have the CFO leave and others leave. Uh, George is still very active. And I think uh, the, the brain's behind it, but uh, you have a dis- different uh, team that's implementing a scaled strategy uh, and as, as the company has grown as far as it has and other firms like them are doing that and there's risk to us. First of all, I don't have a relationship with the new CFO. I have to go build it, right? right. I don't have a relationship um, with the new COO, I have to build it. And when they start bringing in outsiders, everybody has their own opinions, their own friends, their own way of doing things. Yep. So you create volatility as a lender 
and an equity investor, you, you create some volatility when you start switching uh, the team that's leading, you know, the, the coach that's leading the team, let's call it that way, uh, which is concerning in some respects. And it's kind of normal, evolutionary and healthy in other respects, because, you know, I, when I built my company from scratch, I built my last company from scratch and sold it to Oak Tree. And I, um, I built this one as a, on the back of a napkin in the middle of coronavirus with my partner, wife and kids, and then uh, brought in. Uh, my partner, John Calico, is one of the biggest real estate investors in the country. And then I brought in uh, a whole team and then added another investment committee member. So today we're 27, but we started just us in the in the uh, living room uh, coming up with this concept that there's no institutional lenders to cannabis. Right. So built them twice. At some point, I'd even like to hand it to John to run, right? Because John, right. John's that fourth generation real estate family and uh, lender for multi-billion. He'd be great to run this. Um so everybody needs an evolution. Everybody needs an evolutionary cycle. I think the the, the industry is changing its phase, and uh, it's it's exciting at the same time. As I said, every we have to really stay on top of what's going on because every every week it changes. It does. It does. Len, unfortunately, we're out of time for today, but I'd like to thank you for joining us on the Green Peak. Thank you for having me. People who want to um, learn more about AFC Gamma companies who are in the in the market looking for assistance, how should they contact you and how should they learn more about the business? It's pretty easy. It's simple as AFCG on the NASDAQ. Um, every broker probably knows it and, and, and easily Googleable, or you can go to our website, advancedflowercapital.com. Okay, fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us today. And thanks to everybody for listening. I'm Richard Zwicky, and we'll be back with you again next week. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.